1: Hello, Fightful Faithful, and welcome to a special free bonus episode of Sour Graps, where everything sucks. I'm your host, Alex Palowski, and I hate what you love. Um, Yeah, we're doing this one free to try and, you know, boost the interest in this new podcast, uh, my solo show, Where the graps are oh so sour. Um, And uh, maybe get a few more subscribers to the old Fightful Select. Um, It's on the first tier. $5 a month. And even if the only thing you subscribe to Fightful Select for is my show. Which, you know, bless you if that's the case. um, I'm going to do two of these a week. So that's eight per month which works out at $5 a month to like $0.62 cents an episode, which, I mean, come on. You can find that in your couch. I don't know how you convert the change you find in your couch to your PayPal account. That's up to you. But, I mean, it's pretty cheap. Plus, on top of uh, of just my show, you also get the Fightful Weekender podcast, which uh, covers all things non-AEW and non-WWE, uh, ROH and New Japan and... TNA, stuff like that. <laughs> Sorry, it's not TNA anymore. It's Impact. And it's on Access. Uh, also, we get Q&A shows with uh, Sean Ross Sapp, A a backstage Report podcast, exclusive news, uh, stuff with uh, Jimmy Van, the uh, extended editions of the uh, Listen, Your Boy. It's all very good. Uh, and you get all that on Five for Collect. Uh, and now that I have earned my shilling merit badge, Tonight's episode, special bonus free episode, is all about The Fiend, Seth Rollins, this dreadful corner that they've backed themselves into, if they can get out of it, how they got themselves there, where to go from here, all that stuff, and just how shitty the whole thing is. Now... Bray Wyatt, long history of his angle just not working out because they didn't book him right because he lost every match because that's how they booked him. Um, And now he's got this brand new thing, The Fiend, and this Mr. Rogers character he's been doing for months. You know what's going on. I'm not going to do a whole recap of everything, but just go back in time to SummerSlam, his first match as The Fiend. The first time he came out, that entrance, the new music um, and the lantern shaped like old Bray Wyatt's severed head. And he comes down to the ring, slow, methodical, barely lit Got the hood over so you can barely see the mask. Uh, strobe effect, all that stuff. He comes down, he listens to both hands, the hurt and the heel, and gets in the ring, and he squashes poor Finn Balor, and Finn's so weirded out by it, he's got to F off back to full sail. So there's that. And at that moment, after he beats Finn, and he the mandible claw on him, and uh, he, he goes up the ramp, and he stops at the top, on the stage, he turns around and in the strobe light, you can barely see the silhouettes of his face and then the blackout, and he's gone. At that moment, right there, they had something that, I mean, most promotions would kill for. The idea that, that, that this guy is just so hot, so white hot, so many opportunities, you could do anything with him. And then... The arena in Fresno, Sacramento, something like that, they sent out the thing, hey, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend is going to have a Hell in a Cell match with the winner of Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. And I don't know if they were supposed to do that or not. A lot of arenas tweet out stuff before they're supposed to. Um, and then it looked like WWE panicked. Like they weren't sure if that was where they were going to go, but now they have to because it's out. So they had to do this whole thing with him and the lead up to, to Hell in a Cell and then that the match with the red lights. And the thing is, is that the first match he had with Finn, there were no red lights. He just, he wrestled in regular arena lighting and he was still creepy enough. He still was creepy. And, and it was good enough. We, we, we understood that was, that was what happens. But in the thing with Seth at Hell in a Cell, they did the whole red lights, the red light district. Um and it was weird because it wasn't like the fiend came out and the lights were regular and then he conjured up the red lighting. That would be one thing, it'd still be stupid, but at least it would make sense. No, they didn't do that. It was just red lighting. It's just a red light thing that, that happens when the fiend wrestles matches now, unannounced. It's a brand new thing, and, and that's where we have to accept it. And then they did a the thing where Seth, you know, murdered him several times. And then he murdered him too hard once with the wrong kind of weapon. And so they threw the match out, and everybody booed, and it was terrible. It was a debacle. It was a horrible, horrible way to finish that match. But the problem was, once they they booked the match, they had no way out. Because they weren't going to put the title on Bray. And they didn't want him to lose. Not really. They 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 couldn't have bray beat seth because they had plans for seth so you shouldn't have booked the match why'd you book the match i mean it, 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 it doesn't make any sense so the raw after hell in a cell they didn't even address it at all they're just like let's not let's completely ignore the fact that we screwed the pooch uh and maybe everybody else will forget about it of course nobody forgets about it because you can't forget about it it's Impossible to forget about, um, and and then the following week happens. At, uh, the raw, the most recent raw, t- two nights ago, and they interview Seth, and Seth's like, "Wow, man, I went to a really dark place. I can't believe I did what I had to do." Blah 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 blah, and then he um. He says, but you know, maybe the fiend has been hunting me. He's been picking his spots, but tonight I'm going fiend hunting. It's a stupid line. It's terrible. Whoever wrote it should have been, should be fired. Uh, Seth didn't deliver it very well, but how can you deliver it well? It's bad. It's a bad line. I mean, it's, it's, it reminds me, of, going fiend hunting reminds me of the Bugs Bunny sketch. Where in you know, duck season, wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season, wabbit season, duck season fiend season. It's fiend season and, and and Seth's got his hunting license. So what I expected after that segment was for him to be walking through the arena looking for the fiend. Have you seen the fiend? Hey, you, Kurt Hawkins, have you seen the fiend? No, I haven't seen the fiend. You, Mojo Raleigh. have you seen the fiend? No, I haven't seen the fiend. Titus O'Neil, have you seen the fiend? Well, I did see some weird red smoke coming from down there. Maybe you should go investigate that. I thought that was what they were gonna do, but they didn't. They went all the way to the end of the night from 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 set fiend saying uh from, from Seth saying I'm gonna go hunt the fiend to the very end of the show. The Bray Wyatt's doing his Firefly Funhouse thing. And then Seth shows up. Where where are we? Is Bray Wyatt doing those live in the arena? Does he... Total diva Eps, uh, TDE underscore wrestling on Twitter. Uh, fantastic follow. Amazing gifs. Um, sent me something uh, that made me so depressed because it's so true. The idea of a scene that says Seth finds and destroys the Firefly Funhouse can only offer two explanations. Either Seth found a gateway to another dimension in a haunted stairwell at the Pepsi Center in Denver, or Bray rents a U-Haul every week and takes the Firefly Funhouse set with him everywhere. So, like, this is the deal. The Firefly Funhouse existed separately from this world. It just did. It had to. It had to be something kind of in Bray Wyatt's weird damaged psyche that he was able to communicate from that to the ring whenever he was delivering a you know a, a a Titanton promo. Somehow that had to work because there's no way that's an actual children's show. And if it is, it's not in the arena every week. He doesn't bring the set with him. That's ludicrous. That's absurd. I mean. If, if the Firefly Funhouse is real and and, and and Bray Wyatt's there every week, every week, no matter what arena they're in, he's there taping episodes of the Firefly Funhouse, who's operating the puppets? Who's back there with their hands stuck up a buzzard's ass going, hi, I'm Mercy. Uh, hi, I'm Ramblin' Rabbit. Hi, I'm Huskus the Pig. These are all parts of Bray Wyatt's damaged psyche that have been mapped onto puppets and there's some puppeteer there who's making all the puppets talk because the puppets aren't alive it's not pinocchio these they're they're there so so who's operating the puppets is it Rowan's dad is that where it's is that where he's been this whole time Rowan's dad that's where oh that that explains it that's good Maybe that's a plot hole we could close up. So Seth shows up and he beats up Bray a little bit. And then Bray gets in his face and says, Seth, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? And then Seth beats him up a little bit more. And then he lights a table on fire. Later, Bray Wyatt tweets out that Rambling Rabbit died in the fire, but that's nothing because Rambling Rabbit dies every week. He's the Kenny of... The Firefly Funhouse. Oh my god. They killed Kenny. You bastards. So that's where we are. Seth materialized into a figment of Bray's imagination and lit that figment on fire. That's what happened. That's where we are. And that has ruined it. That has done. There, I don't know... I, I don't know what you do because now next next week on Raw, here's the other thing. This this really really crazy. This really crazy. They drafted Bray to SmackDown. Bray's on SmackDown now, and when we know there's no more wild card rule, so Seth's on Raw. He's the Universal Champion, and Bray's on SmackDown. They had a chance with the blockbuster trade to move Bray back to Raw so that he and Seth could continue this feud, which I don't want them to do anyway, but they're having another match, a rematch, a false count anywhere match at Sands of time. And um, we already know the end of that match. Bray can't win the title because he's on SmackDown and they're not going to put the universal title on SmackDown because it's red and it can't be on SmackDown. Of SmackDown's the blue brand. So, we're going to have another stupid DQ finish in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Now, this is ridiculous, but here's what's even more ridiculous. Get ready for this. The arena in Long Island where they're going to do the Raw after Sands of Time, they're going to do Another rematch, a rematch of the rematch that hasn't even happened yet. It's going to be a cage match. Now, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's just going to be a dark match." They just do that all the time. Yeah, it might be a dark match, but what? How? How does? How does that help? Well, then the the wildcard rule thing doesn't apply because because the brand splits only for television. So you you bring people over from Smackdown then they wrestle on Raw and that gets people to the arena. Does it? You think you think there's a draw in getting to see a rematch of a rematch of the worst finished any pay-per-view that anybody can remember. That's that's a draw? That you think that's a draw? I mean, not only that, but poor seth man like seth i mean here's the deal here's the deal seth he's a company man he's so much of a company man that he's blocked me on twitter and i've never tweeted at him he just knows that sometimes well most of the time i like to shit on the company he works for and he loves the company he works for so he must have done some vanity searching Blocked me. Maybe he listens to the podcast. Not this one, but the one I did before with Sean Ross Sapp. He of the scoops and the great height. Sean Rossap, Um Yeah, so somebody tweeted at him. Is the Falls Count Anywhere Championship match between Bray Wyatt and Rollins going to end in a DQ? So, I mean, their Hell in a Cell match did, so obviously it'll do it again. And he tweeted. Thin-skinned dweeb, champion of the world, Seth Rollins, tweeted, correction, correction, he's being a well-actually guy, Uh, 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 correction, it ended in a ref stoppage, when a body isn't moving, the official has to make the right call. And then, somebody tweeted a response to that, where they showed... (laughs) Undertaker choke slamming mankind through the roof of the cage, the the most famous hell in a cell match, um, and then you know mankind was motionless in the ring for forever, and uh, and then Seth, I don't have that tweet here, damn it, but Seth basically was like, um, well, actually, maybe the ref should have stopped the match there. I, I, I'll bet mankind and Undertaker would have liked that because it definitely would have added some more years onto mankind's already amazing career. So, do you ever think of that? That's what they've. That's what. That's what Seth Rollins has resorted to. He's this. He's the guy. He's the. He's the guy. He's you know the man, Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. He's the guy on Raw. Uh, the number top tippity top champ, and he's. He's well actuallying Twitter trolls about the finish to his match that we all hate it. And they're trying to, to get him over in some way is a baby face still, maybe I don't I don't even know. They did that horrible, cringy um psychiatrist sketch they did um with uh um you know on that WD backstage show where he's like, you know, where the, the psychiatrist is in love with him and wants to see him every week. So she could, I don't know, fondle him. It was really weird. It was not good. Um, But yeah, they're trying to get him over still, but th- th- this is the other thing is that um, after he burned down the Firefly Fun House and Raw went off the air, they had the dark match. The dark match was Seth Rollins versus the Fiend. And in the match, The Fiend attacked the ref and gave John Cone, father of former tag team champion Nicholas um, he gave him the mandible claw and so he was disqualified and um Seth was left alone in the ring and this is what he heard from the fans just listen to this
0: you still and still
1: the universal champion Mm. That's a lot of booze. That's a lot of booze. And you know, you know, Seth. Um they're booing you. They're not saying boo earn it down. Boo earn it down. They're not they're not doing that. I was saying boo earn it down. Shut up, Hans Moleman. You weren't saying boo earn it down. So How's this thing gonna go over when you have it do in, in in Saudi Arabia? I mean, that crowd's completely they're different. So who knows what they're gonna to react to? But when you do the match again the following Monday, whether it's on TV or not, the crowd in Long Island's not gonna be into it. Because probably they just if they watch the network, if they watch that blood money show from the Middle East. Uh, they'll probably watch Bray Wyatt lose again, or not lose, but a, a non-finish again. That's 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 what, that's what they're going to look at, so they're going to boo him again. So the, the possibility exists, however minuscule that it may be. That this is a slow burn double turn, where they recognize how over the fiend is, and they can make somehow the guy who wears the slasher mask, the weird, crazy... Mask uh and he murders his own puppets. They're gonna make that guy into the baby face and Seth Rollins into the into the heel because he just he's gonna go one step too far. Like the WWE.com, they says Seth Rollins goes berserk and burns down the Firefly Funhouse. By the way, you already did the thing where Bray Wyatt's house gets burned down. You did that a couple of years ago. Ray, Randy Orton did it. You guys re- recycle all, all your stories. It's bad, 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 bad. So I, don't, I doubt they're going to do the slow burn double turn. I really do. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how you recover from this booking. I don't know. Because I, I, I don't know what they're going to do at sands of time. I don't know what they're going to do there. Nobody does. We're, we're going to have to see what happens but if it's as bad as I think it's going to be, I don't know what you do now. I mean, they, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what they do on raw. I mean, they're going to do the thing with firefly fun house where, you know, Bray, Mr. Rogers, Bray in the sweater is there and he's wearing a hard hat and a tool belt. And he's trying to put back together the fun house and maybe Abby, the witch is there and she's got a drill and she's putting in some screws. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Um, but I do know what they should have done. They had a lot of stuff that they could have done, especially right after SummerSlam. They should have kept Bray Wyatt as far away from the title picture as possible because, let's be honest, he doesn't need it. And I don't know why The Fiend would want to be champion. Like, he's The Fiend. He's a force of evil. I don't know what having a, 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 a belt around his waist or on his shoulder would do for him. Why would he want that? So, um, at the at the risk of of, of uh, stealing somebody else's bit from a few years ago, I'm going to do a little how WWE WWE should have booked it. Now I'm different from that guy because I'm not British. And I didn't do any of the other stuff that he did. That wasn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. So I'm hopefully cancel culture is not going to get me, but I am going to steal his gimmick. I'm going to do what I, uh, what I would have done after SummerSlam. And there's a chance you can still do all of this after this round of stuff with Seth once Once Bray is on SmackDown, and actually in order to make this work, I've just decided that all the stuff that he's going to do in this thing I'm going to talk about, all of this concerns people who are on SmackDown. So you could still figure out a way of starting this and doing it and fixing The Fiend on SmackDown with these steps. Number one. Bray needs to insist that The Fiend is someone else. It's not him. It's, a, it's something separated from him. Like The Fiend, he's done this. He did this a couple of times in, in, in past episodes of Firefly Funhouse. He said, there's like, um, oh, there's The Fiend. The Fiend doesn't like you. I like you, Seth Rollins. I like you, Finn Balor. But The Fiend, oh, gosh, he doesn't forgive. He doesn't forget. Whatever, all that stuff. Like really hammer it home as opposed to doing the thing that they started to do where they called him the fiend Bray Wyatt. Like, they can say that, but every time that Bray should get mad about that. I'm not him. He's not me. Believe me. Like, I I know how scary he can be. Like, it should be a thing that, like, we all know the, the fiend is Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt is either delusional or lying. Now, you can, we can go back and forth about what we decide, what each of us thinks. Like, does he really believe that he's not the fiend? Or is it something messed up in his mind? Like, did, did, did losing all those times over the years, like, fully break him? Um, it, we don't know. But um, uh, this is this is how I'd, I'd have him. Uh, whatever happens with Seth after that whole thing's gone, I think the thing's done, I'd keep him off TV for a long time. He shouldn't debut on SmackDown for a while. But the problem is SmackDown's going to want to use him. He's a super hot act. And they're going to want to get a ratings bump from him. Um, but WWE, you already got their money. You got their money. And this is the thing. You've got their money. You've got USA's money. You've got that horrible dictator's money for going to Saudi Arabia. So you can afford to take some risks. You've got a lot of other people that are really good on SmackDown that you can use, you can do cool things with, and you don't need to use Bray Wyatt. You can do a slow burn. Like you should have done this to begin with. Like he should have just been murdering legends whenever they showed up, like he was doing with Kurt Angle and Mick Foley and Jerry Lawler. Um, And and eventually they should wise up and they should not show up. Like we had booked so-and-so to be here, Sean Michaels was supposed to be here, and he said no. Every time somebody shows up, the 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 fiend shows up and murders them. I don't I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> they you remember those things they were doing that seemed really out of place. Where they where they where Michael Cole was doing Skype calls with Booker T and Steve Austin. Here's what they should have done. They could have done this thing where where all the Ledger that were supposed to show up are doing Skype calls. We're like, what is this? And eventually uh, they're doing a Skype call with whoever, Booker T. And the lights where Booker T is start flickering. And then they go out and they come up and the fiend is standing behind Booker T. And then the feed goes dark. How awesome would that have been? If Michael Cole's doing some stupid interview with Booker T. And all of a sudden we think the fiend has shown up at Booker T's house and murdered Booker T like we we would have been talking that about that for a, for a week straight. And it would have been this this cool thing the fiend can astrally project himself places and take out legends. Like that and you could have done that for months. I mean not the not the Skype thing, that's admittedly probably a one time thing. But all that other stuff just every every so often, not every week, but every two weeks, like once a month have him show up and do that and he didn't even need to feud with anybody. Because why would anybody want to wrestle that guy? But every time you talk to Bray Wyatt, okay, he's talking, he's doing the thing with puppets. He, he, he is, insists the Fiend is somebody else. But he also says he's in control of the Fiend. And what he should, what he should start doing is, is as whenever you see the Fiend in the arena, on the Titan Tron is Bray. Like it's obviously a pre-recorded thing, but he's like, "Oh no, he's he's in there with you, and he's not happy." Like, really do it so like it 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 is the illusion of Bray is up on the Titantron, and he's sending the fiend in to do his dirty work. Now, you can do that and make it look. I mean, you have the production budget; you could make it look real enough and 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 scary that this unhinged Mr. Rogers character who runs uh, a kid's show in his mind uh, is also (laughs) the manifestation of evil and the crazy mask and the hurt heel gloves. And he's down and he's attacking people. So the first actual feud he is going to get into um, is going to be, and admittedly I'm biased here, is going to be with Ali on SmackDown. Ali is going to have just become the Intercontinental Champion. And when I say just become, I mean just become, like just won it. Um, he's going to get in a few with Shinsuke Nakamura that's going to then envelop the Chad Gable and Baron Corbin thing. And there's going to be a Fatal 4-Way. Um, and Mustafa Ali is going to win the Fatal 4-Way. And by that point, he will have this, – again, this is – a ways down the road, he will have we will have built him up as the only high flyer on SmackDown as a fan favorite. You can figure out a way to get in this guy, he's gonna get baby-based reactions. People are gonna be cheering for him. And at that point, we will have forgotten all about the fiend. He's not being referenced anymore because he's off TV entirely. No Bray Wyatt, nothing. Um, so uh so the fiend shows up to spoil his Intercontinental Championship and uh, gives him the mandible claw and um leaves him laying there, goes up, does his thing where he stops on the top of the ramp, turns around, strobe light, whatever. Ali's like, what the hell? What did I ever do? And then uh uh there'll there'll be a segment when 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 Bray Mr. Rogers Bray comes up and does a friendly friendly hunt and says Ali. Man, I really like you, man. I love how positive you are. I love that you're the light in the universe, but the fiend he doesn't like that. He doesn't cuz cuz he likes dark things. And um the fiend the fiend he wants to he told me he wants to shut off the light. Cuz Ali's thing as he always says, be the light in the world of the darkness. And The Fiend's going to put that to the test. So Ali and The Fiend uh, have a match for the Intercontinental title. Um, and Ali gets in a lot more offense than you think he's going to. It's actually a really quick match. Um, he, he does a lot of stuff. He's able to, to avoid all, all the stuff that The Fiend does. Uh, and then he goes for his 450. And he lands it. And um, the the fiend, he's there. He's he, the ref's going to count the one, two, three, and at two, while kicking out, the fiend goes directly into the mandible claw. Now he pushes Ali back into the ropes and won't let go of the mandible claw. So he's dq'd. Um, but he keeps the mandible claw on long after everyone comes in the ring, trying to pull him off. He won't. He won't do it. They finally pull him off. He goes off to a neutral corner. Ali's in the ring choking. He can't he can't catch his breath. He's in horrible pain. And then uh again, I don't th- I wish he wouldn't have never used this move in the Finn Balor match. Um and I, I wish he would have never used it ever because I think it's a great way of actually doing this now. Ali's half dead and then uh the fiend pushed through everybody and does the the neck snap as Sean calls it, the Seagal snap. And they have to immobilize Ali and they take him out and there's worry that he might have a broken neck. Um, like do it really somber. Like the fiend just tried to murder Mustafa Ali. And now he can't defend the intercontinental title and you can have this uh, I don't know how you what, you, what you want to do with that. You could move on to something else. Ali is off TV. Ali's gone. Like you did this amazing thing where you built him up to this point, and then once we fell in love with him, the fiend murdered him. Um, and uh, then you you move on. Like you move to this next thing. The next person that is that is that is going to this thing is a guy who we just found out got signed to uh to SmackDown, Luke Harper. Now, Bray and Luke Harper have a history, obviously. It was in the Wyatt family for some time. So Luke Harper wins a match versus I don't know, Apollo Cruz. Uh and Mr. Rogers Bray comes on the Time front, and he says, Hi. Hi, Luke. It's been a long time. You know, I, I missed you. And I, I'd like you to come back to the fold, brother. Um, And he does this whole thing where he implores him to come back and be, won't you be one of us? And then you could even do funny, like a weird, like odd thing where you, all the puppets come up and go be one of us, Luke. Yes. Be one of us. You could, I mean, it'd be weird and kind of creepy, but also kind of, corny and weird and you kind of be like ha 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 weird and then luke is in the ring and he's got a mic and he says bray i wouldn't i wouldn't join you for anything you're you've gone off the deep end man i i don't want to be a part of that and then up on the up on the titantron bray listens and he says all right well you've made your choice i respect that but i can't protect you anymore brother and then the Fiend shows up. The lights go out. Fiend is in the ring and he destroys Harper. Like, destroys him. Like, beats him with the chairs, with the, the mallet. Uh, it, like, does whatever you want. Just, just, just destroys Luke Harper. Listen, they're not going to use Luke Harper for anything else. And you know it. I love him. I wish he was on TV all the time. But if you can use this to, like, further the Fiend being just impossible, like, just a horrible, Force of evil, and also Mr. Rogers Bray, like wanting the fiend to not do this. So while the fiend is doing this, you have the pre-recorded Bray up on the Titantron going, "No, just please let him go. Don't, don't hurt him. You know, like, and be earnest about it." Because Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt up on the Titantron. Loves Luke Harper. Remembers how much he loved his brother in the Wyatt family, and the fiend doesn't care. The fiend just wants to cause pain. So you have that whole thing. The next thing happens is uh, on the next episode of SmackDown. You have uh, you have Braun. You, this, the whole thing where they show what happened and all that, and you have Braun come out, and uh, Braun is like, "I, what, what happened to Luke is terrible." you know, um, and he does something like, Bray Wyatt, I'm calling you out. I ain't scared of you. I know you, Bray Wyatt. Uh, And then Bray comes up on the Titan Tron. He says, oh, Braun, the youngest brother in the Wyatt family, my sweet baby boy, you don't know me. I don't even know myself. And this is where we start to see Bray on the Titan Tron kind of, like, losing it like he can't he's trying to figure out how to control all of this shit like they're all these puppets are the manifestation of him because, because well I don't know how you get back to this point but we gotta get back to the point where the, where the Firefly Funhouse is a this is why this whole thing might be a retcon like how they should have booked it but I feel like you could figure out a way to get to this point where you can make all the puppets mean something again They got Huskus the pig boy, man. It's a manifestation of how, how, what he felt about himself when he was, you know, Husky Harris, like how vulnerable that makes him feel to think back on that time. Like, it's a really cool thing. You don't need to screw it up anyway. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't, I just, I don't even know myself anymore, but he does. And he knows you too, Braun. That, of course is the fiend. He says Bray Bright Wyatt, get get your ass down and ring ears like you can get these hands. And Titan Tron's Bray says, No, I don't think we'll be doing that. But at whenever the hell this is, let's say it's the December pay-per-view. Um you We'll do well, you can have a match with the fiend because he's telling me into the little hurt hand or whatever that he'd like to have a match with you, Braun. Um, like some somewhere on this whole thing, we'll have a, a little promo where Bray Wyatt says, The fiend doesn't care for your trinkets and your belts of gold, uh, they mean nothing to him. Like, because establish that because I don't think he should ever want a title if he should ever defeat. A guy who has a title, he should just leave it in the ring like he doesn't want it, and you can vacate it. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, there's a, there's there's got to be a reason why anybody wants a title, and there's no reason why the Fiend wants a title. Bray Wyatt up on up on the thing, he might want it, he might pine for it, and remember how amazing it was to be champion for those fleeting moments before they gave it to Randy, and then they gave it to Gender. Maybe you can actually have Bray Wyatt in a moment of weakness Talk about that but the fiend doesn't want it. And the fiend is the only guy we ever see come to the ring. And as I said, every time we see him come to the ring, we also see Bray Wyatt, Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt on the Titan Tron. That's a very important for this whole thing. Now. At the December pay-per-view, whatever it is, TLC, you have the Braun versus the fiend match. And, um, everyone's really behind Braun because at this point we've only seen the fiend just murder all these people. We really like, uh, the thing that he did to to Harper should feel really brutal and excessive. Uh, for all we know, he, he broke the neck of Ali. Like we know Ali's like recovering somewhere or whatever. So, um, we, uh, we have, um, braun in the ring waiting for the fiend to come down to the ring this isn't the main event it's somewhere in the middle of the card so what what's about to happen isn't going to leave everybody like what but bray comes down to the ring right up Bray, excuse me. the fiend comes down to the ring and he comes to the ring and um they have a, a bit of a match for a while um Braun picks, picking up the fiend and chucking him everywhere, and she's like, "Wow, the, we've never seen the fiend like really laid low like this for a while." And um I think I think some, something along the lines of like a, a um a kind of like a like a cold dust, something not, not not powder, but like something black that he can throw into Bray's eyes. Okay, get some get some uh, just like in his in his eyes. You know, it's a weird thing. Like it's almost magic. Like it comes out of his hand. Like, make it look good. Make it look good. (laughs) Easier said than done. It's WWE, but make it look good. And while that's happening, Bray goes under the ring and comes back, and we think he's pulled out the head lantern, but it's not the one we remember. It's a head lantern of Braun. And he shows Braun the lantern of himself. Like, once, once he's got that out of his eyes, and the thing about it is it should feel like Braun is because he's got that stuff that's been in his eyes, he doesn't know if what he's seeing is real, or like, is it through the blindingness of the stuff and he can't and he can't focus and he doesn't know and it's just being put much, much closer to him until he's like right face to face with this lantern shaped like his own severed head. And then um Fiend takes the heel hand, which up until this point, we've never seen him use. That's very important as well. And he just sets it on the side of Braun's face. And Braun becomes very docile. He stands, and he's as if he's in a trance. He's hypnotized by the the combination of the the head lantern, his own severed head, and the heel hand. And Bray backs up the ramp, and a few steps behind is Braun transfixed on the lantern. Bray holding his hand with the heel glove out, holding the lantern up like this, backing up, and Braun follows him up. It's, it, it should be really unsettling. Like it should be a little weird, and like, what the hell is this? And by the end, it's like, what the hell is this? This is weird. Uh, and the next time we see Braun, he's got a fiend mask. It's different. It's not the same fiend mask, but it's a different thing. But it's 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 misshapen in a different way. But it's definitely a fiend mask. The next time we see him, he comes out and he levels. I don't know, a couple of tag teams that nobody cares about. The Lucha House Party, and the B Team. They're all on SmackDown, and he just he murders everybody. He's wearing the, the mask, and then Bray is up on the the thing. Um, as I he says, we have a uh, I have a new a new playmate. His name is Braun, you know, or whatever. And um, and Braun, fiend Braun, never speaks. Won't he just because he's, he never you've never seen without the mask. He's just the mask. He's been possessed. the fiend and here's the other thing now we never see the fiend the fiend doesn't come out anymore because Bray doesn't need to astrally project himself out there he's got Bray who he's hypnotized Bray he's got Braun who he's hypnotized into being his thing basically it's the same idea of the old undertaker with the urn Like as as long as uh, Paul Barrow has got the urn then the undertaker listens to him now, it was a hokey thing back then, but we all accepted it. If you do it this way and you make sure that Bray is deadly serious about it and make it really spooky, you could make it work. Um, and uh, Fiend Braun, whatever you want to call this version of him, uh, wins the Royal Rumble. He eliminates like 28 guys. He does. I mean, there's 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 ways there's ways of figuring out uh, how you do it, but that's that's what you do. And and um, periodically, um, during those moments when Braun is alone in the ring waiting for the next guy, Bray Wyatt will come up on the on the screen and and cheer on his 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 buddy Braun for doing such a good job. Um, you have stuff. You have stuff you can do. You've, you've got this thing where you can do all this stuff now. Um now you've now you've enveloped um other people, major people on SmackDown into this thing. And at this point, the only thing we have even coming close to being a, a champion uh is Braun win the Royal Rumble. I mean, I I I I can continue booking this out to something where where Braun becomes champion and uh and doesn't care about it either because he's basically the Fiend now, but because you have him servicing that, that point and thing and you have Bray Wyatt on the screen, when the Fiend actually has to come back and do a match again, another time, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal now because he should be special. He should only show up when he absolutely has to. And you can figure out a way of making this matter like really matter uh there's a whole other deal where i would have ali return as basically a version of crow sting um show up uh dark hoods um uh face paint or a mask or something a luchador mask that's like designed in such a way that almost resembles like Batman's cowl um, and uh, when when we find out it's him and he has to give his first promo by the way you know how great he is at doing those things he does them all the time his own little thing and when we finally get him to hear him talk I'm sure it's going to be amazing when we hear him talk about this but the, basically the way he says is that um, uh, I know um, from experience now, that the fiend is a very dark thing, and now is brawn, his monster, is—that'd you know, be a good way. Instead of like Frankenstein's monster, it's the fiend's monster. Um, the monster uh, also born out of uh, is is darkness. Uh, um, this is the he says the always darkest before the dawn or something like that. Born out of light, this darkness is coming for you. Bray Wyatt and you can do this whole thing where he's able to somehow I think what we would do is figure out a way for Ali to take the mask off of uh Braun and Braun to snap out of it um yeah Figure out a way for, for Ali to be taking horrible damage from, from Braun, but just find a way to like get up on his back and unhook the straps of the mask and take the mask off of Braun and Braun's Braun again. Like he's he's realized that he's basically it's you know what it is? It's Indiana Jones. In Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Like um Braun uh drank. The blood of the Kalima, and he slept the sleep of, of the dead, or whatever, however they call it. And then you gotta you, you, you burn him in the side, short round, has the torch, and he burns him and he wakes him up and now he's he's no longer uh possessed by the evil, you know, Hindu gods. It's basically the same story we're telling here. It worked in Indiana Jones and it can work here, but you take the mask off of Braun and now he's no longer a thing, and then you can have uh, Braun with the help of ali taking down the fiend or maybe not maybe maybe bray is so shocked by this that he because that you know he's gone You you can you can do things with him but most of all it has to be a thing where you don't feel like you've got to put the fiend on tv every week because then his mystique is shattered like you have when you have this guy, not this guy, because this guy was awesome. The guy with the with the with the yellow streak in his hair. This guy, Seth Rollins. For those of you listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube, I held up an action figure, a little prop prop ski of uh, Seth Rollins, heel Seth Rollins back when he uh, won won the championship at WrestleMania thirty one. Um, when you have him somehow find his way into the alternate dimension and burn down the F- Firefly Funhouse you ruin the mystique of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend and I don't know where you go from here. I know where you go from the end of SummerSlam. Where you go from the end of SummerSlam is what I just talked about. That's certainly a way they could have gone to keep The Fiend special and only used when absolutely necessary. Like nobody else loved him, but I loved him. This guy, Bray Wyatt, this version of Bray Wyatt, this action figure version of Bray Wyatt. This is the Bray Wyatt that, um, remember that magical night, that Monday Night Raw where they teamed him up with Roman Reigns in a tag match against the League of Nations. And while pinning Alberto Del Rio, um, this Bray Wyatt pointed a finger gun and pulled the trigger of the finger gun, which shot Roman Reigns out of it somehow, and he speared uh, Sheamus. I don't know what they were doing with that. Nobody knows, because they went to Italy... And, uh, Bray effed up his ankle and we'll never know what the plan was then, but it was, it had to have been something, um, and we'll never know. But I, 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 I always had faith that, that Bray was going to turn into something amazing when they finally let him use his creativity and they did, and it was beautiful for a while and we'll always have that entrance into SummerSlam as an example of how great WWE can be when you just let the creative people create in great ways and you get out of their way, Vince. But since then, you've fucked it all up. And it's depressing. Because I, I, I genuinely don't know how you recover from the terrible booking of hell in a cell. And that's the scariest part because this thing could have been something that sustained you for years. He could have been like a really great, really great, um, supernatural type of character, the kind that you can, you, you don't luck into you kind you actually need to have really great people create. He did Bray Wyatt did. And now it's nothing. Now it's nothing. And I don't know what to do from here. So. <sighs> I'm, I'm just a little. Yeah. I'm a little depressed. By this whole thing. So we'll see where this goes from here. We, I won't see. What happens at Sands of Time. Because I don't watch that shit. I don't watch the Blood Money shows. Um, but we'll see. What has happened. After it happens. I will anyway. And I don't know. It really looks like they have booked themselves into a corner with all of this. It's a depressing thing. And I'll... I'm going to be here every week, twice a week, talking about the shitty stuff and praising the stuff that doesn't suck. I've done that both episodes before uh you know the, the SmackDown. dark bailey is my jam i love dark bailey um on raw there was less to praise but uh ricochet is always great i praised him but most of most of what i do is, is take giant dumps on terrible terrible wwe booking none of it more terrible than what they're doing with the fiend but if you want to see more of my crazy ideas of where they should go with different characters. Uh, let me know in the comments. Um, um, and maybe I'll do some of that in, uh, in some of these videos coming up. But as I say, this has been the free episode of, um, of Sour Graps. And you can um, you can get more of these at FightfulSelect.com. For the $5 tier, that's the lowest tier. As I said, I'm doing eight of these a month. That's $0.62 per episode, which is really cheap. And that's if all you ever get is my stuff, because there's also all the Sean Ross Sapp amazing scoops. That's scoops with a Z. Um, Also, there's the Backstage Report podcast. There's exclusive news. There's Q&A shows all with Sean Ross Sapp. There's the Weekender podcast. Uh, Steven Jensen, uh, which covers all things not WWE and not AEW. Uh, You should also know, if you think I'm way too negative and you think, that I like this, this guy seems funny, but I wish he wasn't so negative, you should watch me on uh, Wednesday nights where I cover the Wednesday Night Wars with Sean Ross Sapp and Mr. Warren Hayes. We talk about NXT, which I've always loved, and AEW, which I'm beginning to love quite a lot. And so I usually say only great things about stuff then because the wrestling on Wednesdays is awesome. The wrestling on Mondays and Fridays is usually crap. And that's why I have this show. Talk about that. Um, But yeah, please do subscribe uh, to Fightful Select uh, the $5 tier. Uh, Help us out. Uh, We're trying to get uh, some more subscribers because we likes the money uh, and it helps us to pay all of us, including me, uh, and so, uh, if you would Please smash that like button Uh, subscribe To, uh, to Fightful's YouTube channel Um This has been, uh, a lot of fun For me, even though I am depressed Uh, and I'll see you guys, uh Next week Monday and Friday Yeah, Friday It's got a couple days from now, wow Time flies when you're talking about terrible wrestling. This has been Sour Graps. I'm Alex Pulaski, and everything sucks.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility
1: shines.